all those reviews are byproducts of excellent relationships. That's all a review is. So the trick is to create an excellent relationship and then you can easily get a, a review. So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. You're going to be so excited to hear this interview that I did with Will Penny. Will Penny is an agent in Ohio. They did 250 transactions this year with just six, six people on their team, really only two active agents. Others are admins helping him be you know, successful in their roles. He talks about how he grows that team and how he got it to be so big. He actually reached out to me on Instagram and was like, hey, I think I might have some value to add here. He's been a longtime listener of our show, listened to all of our different podcasts, and he said, hey, I've done this social proof thing. I think he has more reviews on Zillow than maybe any other agent. Now he's growing Google and other and other stuff. So he's talking about how he's changed his marketing around and the whole system in order to make sure he gets great client reviews to get that social proof so people know that they should be hiring him. So again, out in Ohio, great team, lots of good stuff you're going to learn. He's got a great free gift on how to do some of the same things he's been doing. So hope you guys enjoy it. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I am here today interviewing Will Penny. I'm really excited about this interview. You know, Will reached out to me. He's been an avid listener of the Real Estate Rockstars, but when he reached out, he had something super unique that I'm sure we're going to get into today. He talked about social proof, and he gave these numbers of the amount of reviews and clients that he has of where he gets them and how he gets them it was just amazing, and I thought this was a super unique niche. Nobody had talked about it yet, so I uh, was really excited to get Will on here today. Will, Yo, tell us about yourself. How are you? I'm great, man. I really, really appreciate you having me on here. I've been listening to your podcast for probably eight months, nine months. A buddy of mine told me about it. And now they, all my friends listen to your podcast, all my realtor friends. And I'm just very excited that you're actually taking the time with me. That is super cool, man. So, the, so tell us about like, so where you come from, your family and the stuff you do for fun other than real estate. Okay. So I was actually uh, born in England. I came over here when I was 10. Uh, I got into real estate. I was working while well, I was going to Kent State University, which everybody's probably heard of. I uh, was working at an auto parts store, and a guy came up to me when he was getting some spark plugs and said, "Hey, you ever thought about real estate?" And I hadn't. I was thinking about medicine, but that was way too far out. So anyway, I got my real estate license, and I got licensed when I was uh, 19. I took my classes the semester after I graduated from high school, and I got licensed the following April. And I've been full-time ever since. I, it took me a long time to sell my first house. It closed in, April, in uh, September. Uh, so it made 692 bucks. quit my pizza job, and it's been all, I don't want to say downhill. But <laughs> yeah. it's, been, uh, it's been all uphill ever since. It's been all real estate since then. So the yeah. 19 didn't even, yeah. hadn't thought about real estate at all. Yet, do you ever feel like trying to find that guy and reach out and saying, thanks for mentioning real estate to me? Yeah, John Weibelt. He actually passed away uh, years ago. But yeah, he hooked up, me up with a Century 21 broker in Akron, Ohio. I'd never been to Akron before. And I just started working really hard. Sold 17 houses my first year, driving my mom's car. And I'm not exaggerating. That's how it panned out. 
and then uh, met my wife uh, at a Remax office. She moved here, was working at the front desk, got married when I was 23, got two kids, and we've been married 27 and a half years. So pretty boring life, but it's good for me. Pretty boring life, but the you also mentioned that you've done like a, an ultra marathon recently and kind of... Yeah, I run... I run quite a bit. I think that probably helps me with my discipline. Last year, I did 250Ks and a 50-miler. I hadn't done a 50-miler before. I'm probably going to do it again this year. But yeah, I, I really enjoy running, and it's a great networking for me. I had a couple running groups. I've sold them all houses. Ha! <laughs> huh. uh, Long-distance runners, you'd think they'd be flakes, but they're usually engineers, doctors, surgeons, attorneys. They're usually pretty type A people. Dude, you are the first person I've talked to on here that turned, you know, running or we, cause I've had several guests lately. We've been talking about ultra marathons or Ironmans and things like that. You're the first one that said, no, you turned that into, into customers and networking. I think that is great. I'm in two groups of 10 to 20 people on purpose, a Saturday and a mo- Sunday run for two hours, Saturday morning, two hours, Sunday morning. And every one of them, I've, uh, both of those groups, I've gotten a ton of business out of over the years. It's been good. Yeah. That is great. So let's let's jump into the, the nitty gritty of real estate rock stars. How many houses have you sold in the last twelve months? Volume, gross commissions. All right. So last year we sold two hundred and thirty seven houses, and uh, that there's a few fisbos that aren't in there. So we might have had closer to two fifty, but two thirty seven documented in the MLS. We had uh, forty, just a like within a hundred grand either side of forty six million, and uh, that was with six heartbeats, six humans in our team. Six team members, that many houses. Tell me a second though, you also said, but there's also some FISBOs. How do you guys help people with uh, for sale by owner? Well, for a long time, I actually, before podcasts were even a thing years ago, I did a, an interview about FISBOs. When I first started, I know a lot of younger agents uh, listen to this podcast. And uh, the one thing they can get some, maybe a smile out of is I started at 19. I was able to stick with it and I'm still going strong. So they can have a long career too. Uh, but when I first got in, the first thing I did was uh, FISBOs. I just, I don't know how I did it. At my Looking back, my son's 23. I have no idea. Uh, I, had, I have no idea how I did it, honestly. Looking at a 19-year-old's now, you know, I mean, it's, but I did it and I called FISBOs and I would, uh, in fact, I sent you my FISBO checklist. So you, that's one of the free gifts. Yep, we'll, you'll, we'll be able to share that with everybody. So the which is but which last is great. year though, I'm not calling Fizbos as much now. I've got someone that does that, but uh, mainly uh, if we have a buyer who sees one on Zillow, and you know we'll represent them. So we had a handful of those last year where we represented the buyer, and then we had some land that didn't show up in the MLS. So probably closer to 250, but documented 237. Document 237, closer to 250, only six team members. How does that team split up? How do, you guys, how do you guys do so much volume with only six people? All right. So there's actually seven, but that includes my wife. She doesn't sell houses, but she's definitely the, the centerpiece of this uh, brokerage. She's the broker. Um, we joke around and say that she's the broker or she's the pimp and we're all hookers. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, the way it works is I'm... Uh, I have been, like I said, I I worked as a solo agent for a long time, but about 10 years ago, and this is something to think about for younger people looking to make their first move. I hired a showing agent. So one thing I knew I didn't want to do was get uh, team agents that would then, so that hand off the deals. And then at the end of it, I was very, very focused for a long time about generating a referral based business and having a very organic business. And 
we're in this uh, era of lead gen now. And what I have seen just for me uh, that it, you get 10, 20 people on your team, which is great for them. They make a lot more money than me probably, but it's very hard to grow organically because you have an agent who sells 10 or 15 homes a year. They don't have the skills to create uh, an advocate out of that client afterwards. So then when at the, after the transaction, it's, it's much harder to get that uh, buyer or seller to remember the team uh, when they had no contact with the team leader. Um, and there's been a, you can have arguments all day about that, but that's the way I felt. So I decided to hire a, a showing agent and I made her an employee. She was part-time and paid her hourly. She's still with me. She's been with me 10 years and hired her full-time three years ago. Her name's Rebecca and she's fantastic. Uh, she's just plays a, a, she has a huge role here. So when I would meet with a buyer and have them sign a representation agreement, we do use exclusive representation agreements. She would then show them homes. And once they find a house, I would jump back in. When the market was slower, um, I would go look at the house and then write the offer. But a lot of times now, when we have to act quickly, um, I'll write the offer, negotiate the offer. And then I'm the point of contact with that client through closing. So they never forget about me. So Rebecca is more part of our group, but they always remember me. So that's the, uh, that was my first move. And uh, she was my showing agent. And that's been very helpful. That's you know, where my wife and I are in escrow to buy a house in Austin right now. I think we close next week. But it's a similar, awesome. a similar scenario there, right? The, uh, the, the lady that shows, there's a showing agent. There's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, an employee that shows us the houses that does that. And then the agent was the, you know, was the listing agent for it. So the, um, it's, not, it's not unheard of to do it that way. And it's really cool that you've been able to grow that way. And also, I think the, your, the biggest thing behind that you said is, with you being the face, with you touching every single buyer that or, or seller, that's the way that you get that kind of repeat business from it. So the idea was that right. was by having you know everybody on the team, you stayed the face of that brand, the customer service, that the, the buck stops with you. That's correct. And I did that. Maybe it was the micromanager in me, but uh, it, I just knew that I wanted, at the end of the day, I wanted to have a business where I wasn't left behind. If everybody left today, then I could still sell houses and I wouldn't, you know, it would be more of a struggle because I have so much support now, but I still sell houses every day. And uh, I've just done it. I've just created a setup so that I can work a lot fewer hours. And I've got, I handle far fewer parts of the transaction, but all the high touch stuff I handle. Yeah. The, so that is, that's awesome. So you talked about of those 250 houses, what percent listings versus buyers are you guys? We're about 60, 40. 60% listings versus 40% buyers. So what is your, and, I, and I'm, I'm guessing maybe I know the answer to this, but so one of our questions we ask, what's the number one source to get those of listings, buyers? Is it the same? Do you have a different source to get listings versus buyers agents? And, and uh, right. what do you do? So what I should mention, the, the way the whole, the, uh, our team is six people. So it's me, uh, Rebecca and Tina. And then, I have uh, one of my good friends. I've been harassing him for years. He sells about 100 homes a year. He's got two people on his team set up the same way because he knew me when he first, well, not when he first got in. He's known me for about six, seven years. So he was with a, a larger independent company previously, and he uh, made the jump last uh, 2018. So they do about 100 transactions themselves between their team. They'll do more this year. Um, they're already off to a great start. So I have nothing to do with his team other than support him, process listings, pro help process sales, give them support so that they can uh, work hard. 
So I don't have anything to do with him. So he's got a good referral-based business as well. My, my business, uh, I get a lot of uh, organic business from Zillow reviews, but I've, not to get off track, I'm trying to get away from Zillow. Uh, I don't mind them hearing that. Uh, so I've, now I've got a lot of Google reviews. We've got 60, started getting Google reviews last April. I got 60 already. I'm trying to get, oh, my, my short-term goal is to get 100 reviews there. And we're already getting traction. I'm, I'm getting about, oh, I can't turn my phone back on, but uh, you ever heard of Home, Home Snap? Yeah. Well, what, one thing I did, I, Home Snap has a Google program. So it's about 500 bucks a year. Don't quote me on that. But then they'll set up your, they'll basically uh, beef up your Google profile. They give you a way to request a review quickly. Um, they'll post your listings on, on Google. Um, so I now post stuff on Google. I, whenever I think about it, every stuff's posted there every week. So we're getting, we're getting probably 200 people a month go from our Google profile to click through to our website. Wow. So the, legit, and that's free. So what, what made you focus on reviews? Cause as we were, as we were talking before, you said there was kind of some specific moments that you said reviews was going to be the thing that made you stand apart. And then, and really tell some of those stats again. You've got, like, I think you have more reviews than anyone. We've got 515 on Zillow, which is what made me reach out. Because I heard some fabulous agents on your podcast. And I heard them talk about having two or 300. I'm like, man, we got 515. Right, you're legit. Well, I mean, we, it, all those reviews are byproducts of excellent relationships. It's all a review is. So the trick is to create an excellent relationship and then you can easily get a, a review. We've got two bad ones, they're old. I remember when I got my bad review in 2013, it was like when 9-11 happened. I had to pull over to the side of the road, take a deep breath. I mean, it, was, it was a terrible thing getting a bad review. But then after a few days, I realized I was starting to get some pushback from people thinking that my reviews were garbage because they were all five star. So when I got that one star review calling me an arrogant bully, and I couldn't remove it, then uh, I, I, it, it actually just legitimized the others. Yeah. You know, we, in the podcast industry, we, we love reviews. We need reviews. We need more people to tell us what's going on out there. We had one of our reviews say, hey, you're doing way too many ads, right? And we looked at that. It was like a one star. And I said, all right, so let's, let's get rid of all of our ads. Let's make sure that we're just providing value first before we do anything else. Let's get rid of all the ads. Let's listen. But by getting those reviews, the, even, the, even the bad ones out there, it helps us tailor the business differently. And so Absolutely. even the one star, you, I'm sure you had to also think about yourself a little bit of going like, what made oh. him do that? What can I improve? Well, the fact that we've got so many re good reviews, I try not to let, I've, I've failed a few times. But I try not to let my ego get in the middle. And it's really hard to do. You know, when you start doing well, you start thinking I'm a 500 grand a year guy, 600 grand a year guy, million dollar a year guy. No, you're not. As you stop selling houses today, you're a nothing. So I've tried to stay relevant by, and that's what with the reviews, because I know that we could quickly fall off the wave. So I want to do everything I possibly can to stay relevant. It's more out of fear than anything else. Not commission breath, but fear of not being relevant. And you told me you were, you intentionally focused on reviews early. It was like some yeah. other like non-real estate related businesses out there that really made you think this is, this is what, yeah. this is what's so, the difference. Uh, so 1988, I got my license. I started 
keeping in touch with my clients almost right away. No one told me to. I just did. Don't know why. Can't remember why, but I did. 1994, I got top producer, and then I started creating a database. 1997, I went to see Joe Stumpf, by referral only university in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, I left that thing going, I can have a referral-based business. So I just started... Kate, I just started thinking that way. So I, I started connecting with my database a lot more. Well, then in 2009, um, I, started buy, I started buying my uh, toner for my expensive-ass printer, Xerox printer, on eBay. So then I would notice uh, all of these reviews. So I thought, okay, and then Amazon came around, and I saw reviews, and people started making decisions based on reviews. Well, then what kicked it off for me was when Zillow came into our area in 2009. That's when I saw they could review agents. So I thought to myself, I'm going to start getting reviews. So I just, started, I just started asking all my past clients to review me. I think I'd, to get up to 50 reviews, I think I even offered them like a free car wash or something. You know, I had like little contests on how quick. But then once we got over there, I wanted to get the most reviews. There was a guy with 60 back then called him up and asked him how he got him. He wouldn't tell me. So then I just started. So then I just started asking everybody, all my past clients. And then we just made it part of our process. We, we, you can't just ask for a view for fear that you might get one you don't want unless you make sure you've, give, you've given them an excellent experience. So that's where it dials back to. The reviews are great, but the excellent experience is what um, we really started focusing on. We started getting checklists for everything. Uh, we would talk to our clients at the beginning and say that we, uh, our business is very, very important to us and that our past clients are very important to us and how, and the outcome is important. I would start getting listings based on the few reviews I had. And then I would say at the end of this, I'm going to ask you for a view, review too. So we just started explaining things better, setting expectations better, communicating more often. Um, and then I just, the, the reviews just started coming in because we would, we'd always ask for them. It was part of the process. I'd ask for them at the end. Now it's easy. I just, I text them a link, you know, from Google. I'm not even bothering asking for Zillow reviews anymore. Well, you got plenty. Well, no, it's not that. As soon as they go to flex across the country, man, all those agent profiles are going to go blind. There's no way that they're going to be able to have the agent finder on Zillow and have a successful flex program where they're. I mean, they've already got the algorithm in place. I've actually done some consulting for a couple of hedge funds on Zillow. So I have a little bit different perspective uh, on Zillow. And uh, I'm not afraid of them. I don't think that they're going to, they've done nothing to shorten the process. They, they can have a showing button on their site all day long. All that's going to do is create problems. Uh, I already know agents that refuse to do that. But once they get to flex, you know what I'm talking about? No, no. You tell me about what flex is going to be. Well, right now is the, the, basically they're they're. I mean, it's happening across the country, Arizona, other parts where they're charging a referral fee. So they've got a thing called Best of Zillow now, which we are. But that's all based on how quickly you answer your phone. Uh, if you get a good survey from the customer afterwards, the whole reason for them doing that is so that they can create a network of excellent realtors, so that when they do flip to a commit referral base, Richard Barton's going. They want the commission, so they're just going to a referral based fee and not charging the upfront uh, money that they charge the heavy, heavy spender agents like me that they consider us to be. They want the referral fee. So I'm already onto it. So I know in order for them to do that, 
the referral fee, which is flex, meaning you don't have to pay them up front. We'll just take it on the back end. Uh, then what will happen is they'll have to get rid of their agent finder. I don't think we'll see the, the uh, agents on there because if you give the consumer an opportunity to reach out to an agent on Zillow, then you can't guarantee that you're going to be able to lock them into an agent, get a referral fee. So does that make sense? Yeah, no, the, I talked a little bit on one of our state of the markets a couple of weeks ago when Zillow called us, we, we list a bunch of houses with Zillow and uh, for rent. Right. So yeah. the, and for us, that's where people find them. And Zillow sure. called me I and got said, a tenant from, I just got a tenant from Zillow. They're wonderful. Yeah. Everybody looks there first. And they called me and said, Hey, this has been a free service we've been giving for I the last 15 that. years. To that podcast. Yeah. And they called me and said, now we're going to charge you, you know, a dollar a day or something. And you're going to pay 900 bucks a month. Okay. Now. I'm like, all right, all I can do is say yes. The, cause I need them. Good run. It yeah. I think it's really smart of you to say, all right, you, well, it's really to diversify, right? What you're really saying there is, yes, you, like one of your niches is get those referrals. And so you need to get those referrals from as many avenues as you possibly can, because at any time, because all these other companies, they find ways to make more money. The, they're supposed to, like they're publicly traded. That's one of their missions. Absolutely. And so yeah. you got to be ready to go when they want me, when they want me to pay to actually show my pro, they could, they could one day call you and say, Hey, Will, for the show, your 515 reviews, we want you to pay a thousand bucks a month now, right? They could, they exactly. could just decide that whenever they want to. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to agentsuccesstoolbox.com, agentsuccesstoolbox.com and get your free gifts now. So I hired a college kid last year to take all my reviews off Zillow, copy them into a, onto an HTML page, uh, got all my Google reviews, my Angie's List reviews, my Realtor.com reviews, and they put them all on an HTML page so that they're all static. So when the time comes that Zillow blinds that and everyone goes, oh my God, what happened? I'll at least be prepared. That is super smart. Like that's, that's probably a piece of advice that any one of our listeners could do now. Every time you get a great review from any of those places online, you could take a screenshot of it and save it somewhere else. So you've got that image. You could have your own website where you post them, but don't lose those reviews. There's a chance that any time any of those businesses out there could change and you don't want to lose access to that stuff. So that's a really safe, easy way. Take a snapshot, take a screenshot. You've got it forever. Or any savvy, my nephew, he did an internship with us last summer. He's 22. Any savvy 22-year-old who's used to Snapchatting or anything else, he got onto the computer and he was able to copy every one of my Zillow reviews into its own web page. I don't know how he did it so that we could archive it. So when we, the time comes, we've still got our reviews. It's incredibly important. You cannot rely on these publicly traded companies because your reviews are your credit uh, score, your credit report. Uh, they're your reputation online. So if you have a way to house them on your website, when the time comes, you're going to be in a much better position. That is, that is great, man. The, and again, you know, focusing so much on, on getting those reviews and now making it so much a part of your system that you're like, hey, I want to ask everybody for a review. But before I do that, I need to make sure I give them excellent service. 
So then they're going to be more likely to want to give a review. But then you have to choose what your review source is because nobody really wants to put a review on four different sites for you. So you've got like one choice, give them, give them one, and you do that. So we talk about your sources. So, the, so if you were going to give an agent advice, like what's the one thing they could do right now to increase production? Is it that? Is there something else that comes to mind? Well, I, well, if you want to, you got to take your business by the balls. Uh, you have to go out and you have to reach out to people. I think the young, the new agents and they can, I'm 51. They can make fun of me all they want. I mean, cause you know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses, but I think where some of the younger agents are missing the mark is that they're forgetting that real estate sales is a belly to belly business. It is built on the back of emotion. That's why Zillow can't change the process. They can change the, they can shorten the gap between wanting a home and finding a home. They can shorten the gap between finding a home and writing an offer. They have done nothing to shorten the gap between offer and closing, nor will they. They're not going to do it uh, because lenders haven't changed their ways. Buyers are scared. They're overwhelmed. That's why the number trend, uh, for sale by owner transactions has not, it hasn't gone, it hasn't gone up. It's gone down or it's stayed the same. It's been about, you know, 7% for years. The number, all the tools available to, for sale by owners has not made more of them want to sell their home. People are scared of letting people in their house. So back to what I was saying, uh, the younger agents have left too much to texting. They've left too much to uh, uh, messaging, direct messaging. They're trying to communicate too much with email. And I think where maybe other agents that are of my generation which isn't quite old, but it's getting up there. We're not afraid to answer the phone. I answer my phone all day long. And that is the, that, that's a key thing. Answer your phone and get out and talk to strangers every day. Uh, you can't really, no, I don't, I've never been a big door knocker. I did used to, uh, there was a Haynes directory, which was like a Chris cross directory years ago. I used to use that, but my big strength was Fizbo's and expireds. Show up in an expired's door at six o'clock at night. Leave your door open so they know because there's a, there's an emotional trick there that they know you're not going to stay. So leave the engine running. Open the door. Go up. Knock on the door. Say, "Hey, I'm Will Penny with Penny Real Estate. Uh, noticed your house came off the market. Are you planning on putting it back on the market?" And they see your car running, and so you can do that. I still call for sale by owners from time to time just to just to uh, keep my sword, you know, sharp. Uh, there's several on 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 um, Zillow, and they don't, and a lot of them don't sell even with this market because they the buyers aren't the buyer. It's too big of a process for most buyers, so you still an opportunity to get those listings. Yeah, it is like when people see the for sale by owner, they think of it as a deal, but then it's to go show it or go see it. It's it's a different process. It's it's not as easy. It's different from that professional experience of an agent helping you. Exactly. The, agents adding value so the uh, before before we even start recording you talked about different team systems you guys use what's the what team system are you most excited about or, or what software things like that do you use that are that help you other than having just a great team so we had i was using top producer for a long time and with all due respect to top producer they didn't really stay ahead of the curve in terms of some of the features that some of the other ones use i used lion desk it's a fantastic and inexpensive uh, CRM. Just now in January, we signed up for follow-up boss. One of the best moves I ever made because it's very easy and we're able to have our leads put in there. It reminds us daily. It keeps it. It reminds us every, every quarter to keep in touch with our clients. It's, it's really good. 
so th that's the CRM we use. The other thing I, I'm pretty good at is BombBomb. Despite my like real sort of black and white personality, I've been doing more review or uh, uh, more videos yeah. uh, on problems in the transaction. If you go to my, uh, go to our Instagram or our, our uh, Facebook page, and you can offer a lot of criticism on my videos. I'm, I'm getting better, but uh, you know, I'm not, I'm more of a direct guy. So when you go do a selfie video, uh, you know, it's a little bit harder, but I'm doing videos on um, uh, like problems in the transaction. Like we just did one on the walkthrough addendum and you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, so I'm using BombBomb. They've got a thing called prompt where they'll actually once a month, they prompt you to do a quick video uh, on a topic and they send it out to your database. So we just started doing that as well. That's so cool. uh, it's very cool and it's not terribly expensive either. So BombBomb is great. I, oh, if I talk to a, a new person like a Zillow lead or past client or whatever, I'll take a quick BombBomb video and I'll send it to them and I'll say, hey, um, Aaron, this is Will. It's great chatting with you on the phone. I just wanted to put a face to a name. Look forward to meeting with you Wednesday at three o'clock. If you need anything in the meantime, call or text me. But in the meantime, I just wanted to send you this video as an introduction. I get a ton of great feedback on that. Yeah. The, Do it quickly with uh, BombBomb. I've tried a bunch of different software for that, uh, for some of the, you know, the subscription services that we sell of sending people personalized right. videos. And I remember the first time I got a personalized video, I thought I will, I, I want to buy whatever they're selling. Like that makes you yeah. feel so special, uh, out there. So when Bonbon, does it send them a text message and say, here's the link? Does it send them an email? And yeah, say, here's send the video? Them a, you send them a text message. So you, you record the video. The cool thing is it sends them a link. So you're not actually housing the video there. It'll save the video to your camera roll, but that video will be sent with a, like a intro, like where you're going like this or whatever. So, uh, it, so it sends them a link and it'll say, Hey, I just recorded a quick video for you, but you can change that too. And then they can see you. It like creates a little box, you know, on the text and they can see you on there. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a great little tool and not yeah, very yeah. much money. Yeah, you record the video. I'm looking forward to working with you. It shoots them a text. There's a little picture of you there. They click right. on it. Everybody's always like, I thought it was fake. I couldn't believe that it was actually a video you recorded for me. That was awesome. Yeah, it's saying your name. So I guess my point in all of this, uh, and, and going back to the reviews, it's we create relationships. And we can't, it's very hard. You can create, a, you can get a lead to respond with texting. It's very hard to create a relationship with texting. I try to call my clients with updates. I try to call, I, I never text offers. So I have found that that builds bonds more than anything else. Just the phone. People won't agree with me, but I just know that's why we, that's why we do the volume we do with, with hardly any people. You do a ton of volume, man, and the and I and I love that it's been based on you know providing excellent service and encouraging people to sh to share that. I think that's great. What's a can, can, if thinking back in real estate? I mean, you've been in real estate so long. Can you think of a huge mistake that you made that really changed the course of your real estate career after that? That you were like, wow, I'm not going to do that again, or, yeah. or that you would recommend somebody else prevents. Absolutely. And I'm dealing with a buddy of mine who made, he's 33. He made, he's probably gonna listen to this podcast. He made 400 grand last year, at 33 years old as a realtor. He sold 119 homes as a solo agent. So this guy's crushing it. He met with me for lunch yesterday talking about, I'm not going to say, cause I don't want anyone to leave it back to him, but 
he wants to, he's got this little side thing and he thinks it's going to be great to do some commercial deals where he's going to tie himself closer to it and not be a realtor, but be like a, a fiduciary of some kind. So my biggest mistake, it's called tumble bus. 2007, I spent 60 grand buying a school bus that was outfitted as a gymnastics center. And then I have to hire three women and go into daycare centers. And I was going to make an extra 300 grand a year. What an absolute disaster. I took my... I took, it, first of all, I didn't know that the real estate market world was coming to an end then. It was 2007, right? right you needed the, that 60 grand, yeah. Before the crash. I had yeah. no idea. No, I took, I thought we were going to keep blowing up. So I, I so the point is, uh, with big brush strokes, is that I focused on this business for a year. And then I ended up parking the bus and it's still rusting in the back. I, I finally figured out this is the stupidest thing you've ever done. You're not paying attention to your real estate business. Now, part of that was because 2008 was crushing for all of us. But as we went through it, we didn't realize, right? We didn't realize what was happening until we looked back. Yeah, I just interviewed a guy about that. Yeah, I went down to, I had sold like 78 homes in 2007 and 39 in 2008. I attributed it to the tumble bus failure. In reality, tumble bus failed because people at daycares weren't paying 39 bucks to put their kid in a toddler class while the market's crashing. And then on top of it, my business is going down the toilet because of the market as well. So I just parked that thing. So to answer your question, stick with what you're good at. We're in a business where you can make 10, five, 10, 20, depending on the agent, 30, 50, 100 grand selling a house. And then we go and get distracted by something stupid. It rarely works out. You can't, the average human can't keep their eye on more than one ball. So if you find a ball like real estate, so now I'd, I don't care what it is. I will not get, I, I won't let anyone distract me from this because I, we got it too good as realtors. You just have, the, the key isn't, uh, or the trick is just stringing enough deals together, stringing enough commission checks together and you can do great. You, fig, you fix that problem and you never have to do anything else. Uh, that, that's such great advice for somebody who's been an agent for so long right? It's go, it, It's like we have so many different times where you focus on it and you're not, you haven't been in real estate trying to figure out how to get out of it or have somebody else do it. You're like, no, this is your business and you're going to be deep in it and you're still going to call the Fizbos and you're still going to do the work. You're going to make sure that the buck still stops with you because when you lost focus on that or when you said, hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to be an agent and I'm going to be something else. The, the something else wasn't successful and you were less successful as an agent because now you had more than one thing. So real estate is your one thing and the biggest mistake you made was taking your eye off the ball from that, especially in the timing when it happened. It was crazy. Yeah, for you. I've got ADD on a good day. So if I go bring something else I need to focus on, it's not going to go well yeah, at all. It's, it's not going to, it's not going to help you grow that super no. impressive team. You know, so as we wrap up the, you, you've talked early on about some of the stuff that you're giving as your, as your free gift. Um, tell us what, what is that free gift and what are people going to find and how are they going to use it? Well, uh, the first free gift I'm giving, as I mentioned early, we were, we use a exclusive buyer representation agreement. Uh, the reason we use an exclusive buyer representation agreement isn't because we want to handcuff people to us. It's because I've talked a couple times on this podcast or in this interview. It, it's very real estate is an emotional, psychological situation for most people. Okay, when a buyer comes into my office and they sit down with me and we review our checklist, which you now have, it goes over the. Um, we talk about the search process, then we talk about the offer process, and on the back page of that, it's the closing process. When we go through all of that and we identify some of the pitfalls that they could fall into, uh, 
And then you say, by the way, it, you know, based on what we, after that, I say, uh, based on what we've gone over, do you want me to help you? And uh, just that question. And they say, well, of course we do. I say, okay, well, just like when you hire an attorney or an accountant or any other professional, we've got some paperwork. Do you mind if we take a minute and go over it? And they're like, no, that's fine. So I go through the exclusive representation agreement. Uh, we explain that they're going to have to pay us a small uh, broker fee of two ninety five or whatever. It explains that if they find a FISBO, they'll allow us to make the initial call. And I explain to them it's all psychology because if you call the FISBO and then I follow up, then they think I'm just some scumbag realtor trying to jump in and get paid. But if I call them first, well, then we've got something they want, which is a pre-approved buyer. And they're like, oh, yeah. So that makes them not want to ever call a FISBO again because they think it puts them at a disadvantage, right? Yeah. Um, and then it talks about how we get, we'll get paid by the listing broker. And then I just have them sign it. And I make it it's four or five months. But I don't care about the four or five months. What I care about when they leave my office, too many agents make the process about looking at homes. I make the process about me being the center of the hub, being there as their advocate. So they're looking at us as you know, being a major help. So they leave my office. The, the minute they sign that representation agreement, they're now a home buyer. That is the reason to get a rep agreement. When agents meet buyers at homes, we don't do that, by the way. Then they're just a door opener. It changes the role you play in a buyer's head. If they meet you for the first time at a house, and that's fine, we could argue all day. For, I just think it's risky, the main thing. But they look at you as someone who's just going to drive up and show them a house. And it's very hard to go over the process there. So we have everybody come into the office, review the process, explain to them that we're going to go over some pitfalls with them to make sure that they're an informed buyer. And uh, we have them sign that representation agreement after I go through that checklist. And a lot of people say, oh, it's too hard to do a, a representation agreement. It's just too scary. You'd never list a house. You'd just never go into a house and, and say, okay, well, I'll put it on the market without a listing agreement. But you also wouldn't have a listing agreement signed as soon as you get to the house. It's like going on a date. You don't show up with the roses, knock on the door, and say, okay, can we make out now? I mean, that there's a lot more that has to happen in the middle before that occurs. And it's the same thing in the listing or buyer presentation uh, or buyer consultation. So we, I've got everybody on my team. So they meet with the buyer, go through the process, explain the pitfalls, explain how their role in the process is important. And then that the, the representation agreement is just like housekeeping. And now you've got that addendum. That's, or the uh, checklist. The checklist on how to get there. I think that's great advice. I think you're trying to show the value that you add and why someone should hire you. And I and I you know I hadn't thought about that before. But if the first time you're meeting your agent is over at a over at a house, then they're going to be thinking this guy doesn't even all he did was show up here. All he, you know they they're already. I mean, agents have to fight a battle all the time of people thinking they're getting paid too much for this transaction. Most people believe that from the very beginning. And and the and you're saying let's change the order that they come in. Let's Flip show it around. Them all that to where now by the t by the first time I write an offer, they know I've already worked with them for a while. You know, it's not just like, Oh, I, t I texted him this and he wrote an offer on it. I was like, no, you got them ahead of time. I love that, man. The will, the, how can people find you out there? If they've got questions about how you do this, if they want to follow up more, uh, the, what's the best way somebody can go find you? They can find us at, uh, on Facebook, uh, Penny real estate. Uh, that's P E N N E Y. So they can find us there. I'm doing my very best to get some traction on Instagram because I think that young people are going there. So as I said, with my personality, I'm still doing videos. I'm posting quirky stuff because people look at it. Um, I'm boosting my videos on Facebook. So Instagram, I think it's um, 
at Penny Real Estate. I, I don't have a personal one. I just have the Penny Real Estate. Or is it Penny underscore Real Estate? It's, you'll, if you put in Penny Real Estate, you'll find it. We'll, yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes too. We'll make sure that we get your Instagram handle and, uh, and your Facebook handle on there. We'll be doing a lot of stuff on Facebook and Instagram too. It's where we take a lot of these show notes, a lot of the best clips that we have. We'll grab a few from this one. We'll have some from today's interview that we'll convert to videos and clips and pictures and we'll put, push out there to make sure that people hear this. So the you know, Rockstar Nation, hopefully you guys enjoyed hearing from Will today. I sure did. The really unique thing out there that he's doing and it's, and it's really clear on how to go be successful. I think if you took a lot of notes today, there's definitely a lot of action that you can take. Will, thank you for being a listener for so long. Thanks for getting all of your friends to be listeners. And thanks for reaching out to me, get on here. I know that I learned so much from you today and glad you joined us on Real Estate Rockstar. I honestly can't believe that you had me on the show. I'm so excited about it. All right. Well, have all your friends listen and, uh, and, and we're out. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger, yes, the one finger that points at people, and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on the million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys, and I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day, and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.